Rise and Climb with Anna as I share stories of hope and healing through hardship to help you overcome the obstacles you face today. Whether you are a teen, single adult, parenting, or just simply learn best through stories, this podcast will keep you inspired to answer to the call to rise and climb to any occasion life throws at you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I apologize for it being such a long time since we've gotten a podcast out. We actually had one recorded, then I listened to it, and it was kind of boring, half of it, so I said, we got to redo half. I want to only put out good material that I would want to listen to. And then we recorded it, and I could have had it edited and out, except we were going through a rough patch. We ended up texting Michael, and I said, I can't even put this podcast out because it doesn't even feel authentic to us. Because what we talked about doing and how we help our marriage be healthy wasn't anything we were practicing. So it felt hypocritical. Now, I don't, I know we don't have to be perfect and nobody is, but it felt really good to wait to release this till we were more so walking the walk and living out and and reconnecting in ways that were helpful for us. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. We are by no means perfect, but this is just what we do to help us be as healthy as we can be during this time and busy season of our lives. So please enjoy. All right. We know it's been way too long. The audience has missed us, Michael. Yes. So what, make sure you talk in this microphone. I'm scooting closer, don't you, you worry. You need to find a better one for me. You gotta add that to your list to do. <laughs> Another thing. <laughs> First, the dryer. That's more important. Yes. Are you putting it in your to-do list? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm just making sure my phone's out of my pocket. Okay. So, so I'm comfortable. So, to get a to-know-you question, what is a food that you would order most often when you would go out to eat as a kid? Fish from perch, <laughs> perch from Wolf's. I, th- I can't remember if, if it's called like Wolf's Inn or whatever. It's in a Post I don't think Lake. you're talking loud enough. It's in Post Lake. Is that, would you Would you go, <laughs> is the only time you'd go out for Friday Night Fish? We just didn't go out very much. Well, yeah, because you had five kids. Yeah. And your family. Well, yes, five. <laughs> I, I didn't have five kids. Five kids. I mean, we did not go out much either. But I was thinking about that. If I went to lunch with somebody, I think our dinner tonight or looking at my salad made me think about what I would order. And I think I would remember getting, like, ordering a BLT sandwich. Because <laughs> I thought that that's what I would like. I don't know. It's just interesting. That's interesting. Because it makes you kind of flash back. But it was definitely a rarity. I mean, usually it was Whopper Wednesdays because my parents did date night. Or Shakey's because, which is like a Chuck E. Cheese. But if you if you did good in school, you could bring a report card. And my, so my parents would do, it was buffet. And then we got discounted tokens. That's really, I don't really remember much else. <laughs> of going out to eat. Well, you remember more than me, I guess. I remember throwing up McDonald's chicken nuggets one time. That was the last time I had a McDonald's chicken nugget. Is it even chicken? Where would you guys go for fast food, though? We didn't go that much. That was more of a treat than going to a restaurant, I think. Because of where we lived. There just was oh, yeah. no fast food restaurants close unless we drove to town. And I don't know. It just wasn't that common as kids. Oh, yeah. So. And if we um, we would get Pizza Hut for reading, we'd get a free personal pan. A lot of free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sensing a trend. I'm not slamming my parents. I'm glad. It's a good thing. Just saying. I think it's interesting. Anyways, l- speaking of parents going on date nights, we left off... We got hung up on talking about all my issues last time with how mad I get at you sometimes. Yes. And that was fun. Told my crazy pumpkin pie story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alas, there I was, screaming like a psychopath in a parking on a friend's driveway. Oh, but we talked about conflict. We, but we meant to talk about things that we do that help us in our marriage. And I thought we got to know a little of that. A little of it. And then we said, but what, 
I think I asked you questions because then I got sidetracked. So we got a list today. We're, we're on track. Mm-hmm. So, honey. <laughs> it was made in about three minutes right before this. We brainstormed. <laughs> we had to make stuff up. I labeled this recording, Michael and Anna, What Makes Us Be Perfect. <laughs> Her humility is. Total joke, everybody, but I thought that would be. Michael understood. Mm-hmm. That was my sense of humor. Okay, you pick first. Which one do you think is the most effective in helping us be perfect? Do you want me to list them and then me pick? No, like I want out, you to just pick, one. just pick nope. one. Okay. I have to edit this. this You don't do this to me. You know how I I carefully consider these things. (laughs) That was supposed to be what we were doing ahead of time. (laughs) You just go from the top. I I don't care. (laughs) Well, you asked me. Okay, we'll just start at the top. Okay. This is kind of a small little note here. Support each other's interests. That's a good one that you bring up. Because it's primarily my interest that's supported. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do support me. Obviously, this podcast, me writing a book, and especially with I might be afraid to spend money on some of the stuff I want to do when you put it in perspective of it's not that much in the grand scheme of things. So I would say between the book that I want to write, podcast trademark, and all that. But what about you? Share what your interests are <laughs> and how you think I support you, or maybe not. More like you just <laughs> allow me to do them. <laughs> the financial ones, anyways. Um, okay, for the record, it's not it's like small little hobbies. He's He kind of has a farmer's dream. It's like an off-grid farmer's dream thing, so... <laughs> It's expensive. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's expensive. Everything's expensive. We could have bought a half of a house with how much you've spent so far. <laughs> yes. However, I wouldn't have my dreams if we just bought a house. So. Gosh. But I guess what would you say? How do you feel supported in it? So. I have, dream like some of the things I want to do, are not normal in the sense that <laughs> for for instance I'm, i want to build like an off-grid power system right most people would go, go with solar wind and i'm trying to design my own steam generator so it's it's just a lot there so that like that, that's that requ- part of that required... that's part of a major cost that anna's referencing I call it his other woman. <laughs> First it was reading and now it's this? Yes, because I remember when we were in Colorado on our an anniversary yes, trip. I was trying to buy <laughs> this thing. Okay, okay, you need to tell him what you were trying to buy and I was, from where. I was trying to buy a wood-fired steam boiler, high pressure, so between 150 and 175 PSI, which every... Everyone's like, oh, wood, wood boiler is easy to find. Well, yeah, in America, you can find about a million different low-pressure wood-fire steam boilers that run between, like, anywhere from 15 to 7 PSI, which is the, the common. Mm-hmm. But if you want to try something that's a high-pressure, which I need to, to power my steam engine that I bought from India the year previously, <laughs> <coughs> you need <laughs> you need... A special system that is not manufactured anywhere in the U.S. I even reached out to custom boiler builders, and they would not build it for me. So the only locations I could find it for commercially available were India and China. And India, if I don't know if you guys have ever worked with India, they have uh, direct. They have horrible customer service. Uh, and it's kind of funny because we've all spoke to them before, yeah. um, like calling into AT&T yeah. or I don't know if AT&T. very common call but, centers. Yeah, like a call yeah. center just yeah. in general. I don't know if AT&T has that. But um, the whole point being is you've called in and they don't understand you. It's just bad customer service. Don't communicate well. It was like one liners back to me. I'm like, I don't even know if he understands what I'm saying. So that was India. So I'm like, oh, I'll go to this Chinese company, which was – much more professional, much easier to work with, very responsive. They had a more energy-efficient design. It's like everything was checking the boxes. <laughs> and then, So long story short, so I buy the boiler, and 
it's a lot of screwing around because you have to, I, I could get it on a tangent, but you have to do like all these wire transfers to foreign country. And are you going to oh be gosh. guaranteed to get the product that you just transferred all this money for? And oh, yeah, I there's remember, a lot of risk involved. I remember literally being on the phone with our credit union and then literally saying, are you sure you want to do this? And my response, no, no, I'm not sure, but trying to be supportive of my husband's dreams here. And you prayed about it. Yeah. And so I did get the boiler. Now, however, <laughs> oh gosh. this was like stage one of the saga. It came in damaged. So the problem is, I did have insurance on it. Long story short, they wouldn't, but they only cover part of it because they said it was improperly packaged. And the reality is, I agree with them because they covered the picking eyes on top of it, so there was no way to properly hoist it. And this thing is like a eleven thousand pounds, mm-hmm. and it has a really small um, surface area or, or like ground bearing area. So you think it's lighter than it is, but like dense. a normal forklift can't pick it up. So. I think what I think what happened is they tried to pick it, tipped it, and crushed the the side of it, and it ended up costing about like thirteen thousand dollars worth of damage to get it repaired. We don't have it repaired yet because I'm still building the building, and I want to get it in the place where it's going to be before we actually fix it. Well, and then so this is just like one of my houses, and you had to go. You had to go down to what Milwaukee shipping you. Oh gosh, this was so sketch. All that to say, this (laughs) there's nothing inconvenient about. There's nothing convenient about this. Oh yes. Okay, so then we try to hire this towing company to get it moved. To get it off the trailer that I went and picked it up at, and it to that. The tow the tow truck, truck was like ground. off the was off the ground. Oh, I have a video yeah. of it. But so then what? And we had to deflate the tires on the trailer I mean, to was, get it out. It was a whole debacle. It was, yes. But then we had to buy another piece of equipment <laughs> to move this. We bought a crane, a little crane. <laughs> it was a good deal, and still a couple I have, grand. I have aspirations for using it in other things. Okay. Uh, but I needed to buy that just to pick it up because there's no way to move it. Most people, you know, you can you can imagine most people don't have, you know, something laying around that can lift eleven thousand pounds and maneuver it around. So, you you do work hard to problem solve. Now, I would I have two thoughts of this. Mm. One is, okay, did you always feel supported? Was there any time you didn't feel supported? <laughs> No, I always felt supported. You said I trust you, and I'm like, gosh, I don't know if I trust those, <laughs> some of these decisions myself. But uh, yes, I always felt supported. There's obviously risk involved. Involved. However, I'm just the kind of person who doesn't like to maybe do it the normal way. <laughs> <laughs> and part of it was it's an engineering challenge, and it's something for my kids to really learn um, the foundations of. Engines, motors, you know, steam power. We, we still, I mean, if you think about steam in general, they still use it. It's still the primary source of power for America, you know. So either this is a brilliant idea in your... I have, I mean, I have it all worked out. <laughs> I have the electronics worked out to power it, you know. I mean, either it's, you're brilliant I did a, or you're I've an taken, idiot. like, a really long time to plan it out. But everything costs a lot of money, so it just takes time. I remember at one point coming to... My own piece about it. Well, early on, I remember thinking, I, I mean, I saw, I felt <laughs> the, the, uh, the other woman's, like, the other woman for a bit. Um, no, I, I, all that to say is you didn't just willy nilly flip a coin like I would have <laughs> and make this decision and you were praying about it. And I saw that and I remember Concluding, who am I don't want to say this, but for for lack of better words, who am I to watch you deliberate over this? Pour your whole your study night and and every our whole vacation. <laughs> it wasn't a whole vacation, <laughs> but and then to to poo poo it like to and and not be willing. I felt that either I needed to get on the same page with you, get on your level, and really be a peer in this 
or not blindly support you, but have faith in you. And I am not going to get on your level with this. So I don't care. And so ultimately I had to decide to release this, to pray that God would bless it. And I remember then at some point, after we figured out that it was damaged, after we figured out that the insurance we paid for wouldn't cover it being fixed, um, so it costs even more. <laughs> um, Mind you, in all this, it's not like I've never thought, oh, great. Like, do I even want to keep going forward? Yeah, like, every That's time. a very normal thought. And However, ultimately, I think what it comes down to is everything great is work is you have to work for you know and I, I think that's just a it's a, if you want to have a great marriage you got to work for it if you want to have, um, if you want to be great at your job you got to work at it you mm-hmm. know so anything that could potentially be great is going to require it's, a lot of work and and, and, and I hold risk and, and, and risk and I, and I do hold myself to in terms of Everything is built to a high standard, you know, and that's part of the cost because I always, I spec everything out and I engineer it so that it's mm-hmm. a certain capacity of functioning. And so there's a lot that goes into it. And so all that being said, it's, sometimes I'm overwhelmed by that of the process because I also have, mm-hmm. you know, my desire to have built us a house up north <laughs> and my desire to farm <laughs> that I'm working on because I just bought, I bought a combine and I bought... <laughs> I just bought a grain dryer, and you know I'm always buying things to really develop the land, and I just. Okay. And long story short, Anna's very supportive. <laughs> okay, the weekend that you came home with the crane, <laughs> and that that makes it sound like. You just surprised me and didn't ask, which some people have a strict rule. If you spend over 50 bucks, you need to get permission. I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) We would be calling each other. Okay. A lot. But um, what I would say to that is the weekend that we're going to go up north and see this crane, which I pictured a crane. No, you guys, this is not a crane. This is a truck. It's a truck crane. It's the first ever yeah, hydro mobile truck crane. But if people are, you can drive this thing down the road. Well, if this thing's brakes ever get fixed, <laughs> we can drive it. It's still not fixed. <laughs> the thing looks so ridiculous. So he, you know what? You called me, and I had no idea what was coming that weekend <laughs> with the crane. And you know, you're like, honey, is there anything really nice you like a gift that you're thinking about? that you would like, that is special for you, Mm. you know, just if there is, you know, why don't you buy it? And, (laughs) and I, and I said that because she was been so supportive with all of my purchases. Buying me off, you're grooming me. That I was like, honey, I feel that I have been buying a lot of things that I'm interested in. Now, everything, I will say that anything major purchase I have, I usually have it because it, it'll either be a tool, right? Yes, Something yes. to use for the future. I don't just buy willy-nilly an... expensive purchases. No, they're and all, they're you, always for a purpose. And, and you do get a good deal. You, you know, you just don't buy the nicest thing. It'll be a deal or something that you and your dad can fix up and all that. So anyways, I... So, I ended up buying this jacket that I wouldn't norm from more of a boutique shop that I wouldn't have bought for myself. And I thought, oh, look at my husband being so <laughs> nice to me. I get up north. I see this freaking crane. And, uh, <laughs> oh, honey, what do you think of your, your crane? <laughs> yeah, this is funny. And I go, who gets it in the divorce? <laughs> And then you say, no, you, you get the boiler, but you have to hire me out because I love the crane <laughs> jerk. Yes, I think that's what I said. It's so funny because I know some people have this no divorce word rule. And I think it's more of a divorce attitude that's the problem because we don't have a divorce attitude towards each other. But it is funny to think about how we would divide these ridiculous equipment that I would want nothing to do. You just wait, honey. It'll all come to fruition. So all I had to say is, for me, it's also looking at the bigger picture of this, that we might be out a lot of money 
if something goes wrong. Or I do have this fear of you dying, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, what am I going to do with all this stupid... What half put together? Half put together house that nobody else knows how to do it, and how do I even sell a broken boiler from China that nobody wanted? That's why they shipped it here. (laughs) So, anyways, I have to let go of those fears because, and I just have to trust that too. What we're doing is not just telling our kids things; we're showing them Mm -hmm. what it looks like to take risks and adventure together, and. Even if this isn't totally my thing, we can be supportive in different ways. So that was a long time. I, that, I thought that was a yeah, little one. That was the shortest one. I think the, the rest of these. So yeah, the rest is good, guys. So we'll figure that figure it out. But no, I think that that's good. It's probably a big one because I think that it's a lot. It's but, a lot of our time right now too. I mean, mm-hmm. with. Yeah, like the building going because I'm building a building this year. Oh yeah, to store the crane. (laughs) You guys to buy a building to store the crane in the combine. So I needed a building to store them, and then okay, concrete. (laughs) Now, with all this being said, I would say you in general aren't selfish with your time. Like you, you use a lot of your time to serve the family. And even this is a part of serving and building something for your family. And also, you're not, you don't have a lot of other big hobbies. Like, you're not trying to go hunting. You're not trying to go fishing all the time. This is your hobby. So, I would think that probably also is what helps me be more supportive. That it's not like, oh, another thing. And, and your character isn't to just jump ship on things. It's more me. You're like, oh, I'm going to try this yeah, out. If anything, it's more like, well, I bought the boiler. Now I got to spend $300,000 on everything else. Yeah. <laughs> like no, you're like, the boiler's I've the overcommitted part. sometimes, you know. So. Yeah. So, um, all that being said is, I mean, <clears throat> not that it's about comparing, but, you know, instead of somebody, oh, why don't, you know, Anna supports her husband in this. But yeah, you're not trying to be gone every weekend you know, hanging out with your bro friends or something and trying to buy a boiler and all this. In general, you're you're a family guy. You're you do stuff up north. This is an investment into something that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. So I think those are that's also a part of it. Yeah, it's definitely everything's done for a reason and a reason to bring us together. But anyways, we gotta anyways, keep, we gotta move on. We're, we gotta we're move real, on. I'm crossing real. that one off. Okay, so the next item on the list is similar, but it is <laughs> you. Uh, it it involves having similar interests. So we talked about supporting each other's interests, but the next item on our connection list is having similar interests. Yes. <laughs> It's like we're getting set up here or something. We're we're a little off our game. Anna Anna put a camera on and I thought it'd be fun to get a little behind the scenes video. So, what does having similar interests mean to you, Miguel? I think it's being intentional with pursuing something together, ultimately. And I think we we do a couple things for that. One is our Bible readings, and we've talked about that in previous podcasts. That's our third point. You're jumping ahead. Well, it's all part of the the, the gig here. I like to be very organized <laughs> and unsure. <laughs> that is. Okay, you're right. That's that's our third point. But besides Bible reading, I mean, we can talk about that now. I, guess. I feel like it's all part of the okay. same the same umbrella. So let's just get Fine. this one into two. Two points. Fine, we'll get Bible reading out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you you can go, honey. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I would say I would say the Bible reading was one of the first things we very unintentionally did to help us stay connected, Mm -hmm. because from the beginning of a relationship, we're long distance, and I don't know how. I think it was very natural how we came about that. And what it entailed was us just deciding to read the same chapter of the Bible a day, one a day. We'd start at the very beginning 
the very first place to start. We'd start at Genesis, Genesis. and then we'd go to a New Testament, mm-hmm. and then we'd go back to an Old Testament, and then we'd throw in Psalms there, and then a New Testament. Mm-hmm. And that was to help us basically be reading from the same scripture. Sometimes we'd talk about it. Sometimes we wouldn't. And it, we've been doing that now for, gosh, almost 10 years we've been together. Over yeah. 10 years. So... This will be 10, I think. That's crazy. 2013, right? Yeah. And so. I mean, there's different seasons. Sometimes I take a little break <laughs> and you keep going. I don't know. You know, there's been different yeah. times. We're not legalistic about it. No. I think the underlying theme behind reading the Bible together or the chapter of the day together ultimately is... <laughs> <laughs> I keep pointing at Anna's the Anna's distracting me again. Ultimately, the point is to be spiritually fed together. And I think it's, yeah. it's that spiritual connection. Both of us are seeking God for his conviction in the way we treat each other in our relationship, his conviction in just our general actions in life and our parenting, and just his direction. So mm-hmm. that's probably the main thing that prob- that keeps us connected is that we're both seeking God in a spiritual way and doing that at least both reading the same thing at the same time allows us, if we do have a conviction that we can both share based on what was just read and we're both familiar with the passage and it just keeps us, allows us to connect quicker and easier, especially I think more as the kids continue to grow and they, our family continues to grow in general, it is helpful for us. Yes. And the main thing is I can text you a snapshot and say, what did you think of this text? Or ask you a question about it. Cause I typically mm-hmm. questions for you mm-hmm. and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't have to go and spend a ton of time getting a spiritual or a context of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very helpful. And then with that is we started journaling. Mm-hmm. I think with our schedule, we were feeling disconnected. So we decided to have a shared journal. I still had my own journal, but our journal entailed us, you in the morning, first thing in the morning, you would wake up a little earlier. I'd say about 20 minutes earlier when it was the season for that. And then you would write in it either about what scriptures or what what scripture stood out to you in the Bible chapter or what random things we hadn't communicated about yet. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's plan date night or remind me to tell you about this or a prayer. Mm -hmm. And then that kept us really connected for quite a few years. It was really good for us. Yeah, it was a great strategy and something I think we need to get back to. On my end, Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with I'm already waking up super early and, yeah. and that extra time is difficult to squeeze out, especially with the kids uh, getting them to bed. And that means mm-hmm. it's less sleep. So I, I think it's just the season we're in right now and something I know that I at least want to pursue um, yeah. as we have, I guess we just need to make time. That's ultimately uh, Maybe for even me. If so. It's a matter of if you take the uh, journal to work one day, I mean, I know you're busy, you don't really get breaks or anything at work, but you know, if you sneak five minutes away and do a journal and then you bring it back, and then I, even if I do it the next day, I think it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But when, but after we realized that, I think it was, we had Lydia, your job was basically an hour and a half away, so you're waking up that much earlier. Journaling just kind of, we decided, we'll, would have to take a break Mm -hmm. and then but you didn't have time to journal but you had a lot of time in the car so this goes back to our similar interests where then you started listening to more podcasts and some books but a lot of podcasts and then you would talk about them yeah a lot of them were ones that you were already listening to so it was a way for us to have conversations about something that just brings up yeah interesting concepts whether it's 
quasi-political or just cultural mm-hmm. and general conversations Parenting, that the podcast would bring up and it gave us a chance to connect in that way and just have good conversations. Yeah, so we very we naturally realized that podcasts were a way for us to be learning similar things and growing together without having to sit down and take a class together. Be like, oh, I really like this parenting podcast. I want you to listen to it. Let me know what you think. And then that would definitely give us things to talk about than when we were together. Mm-hmm. I think that was really huge and, and big for us. So that that's a part of pursuing similar interests. And sometimes it would be one you were more interested in, more of an apologetics one. But we started to follow the same people. And then I think it would be like, oh, did you did you hear Frank Turek's podcast or see that? Or, mm-hmm. y- you know, we would... We would say that, and or I would intentionally listen to something that you're a little more interested in so that we had stuff to talk about. What? It reminds me of when I started listening to Megyn Kelly yeah. in order to have similar conversations with you because mm-hmm. that was something you were into a lot at, at that stage or at that time. So it was... And then you started listening to her more than me. Because I had a lot more time. And I called it it your MK crush. (laughs) No. Well, it's funny because just like if you eat too much of one food. Yeah. If you listen to too much of some person. Too much. It's too much and you kind of get over it. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was what happened. (laughs) Yeah, it, it, I mean, podcasts are seasons. For both of us, seasons. I think, yeah. And then, well, what's really neat was, I think the best podcast people to follow in general are ones who do interviewing different people. Mm-hmm. Because you find somebody that you like their personality, and then they interview people that you like. And this is a good example of recently, she was interviewing Dr. Mark Hyman, which is one of my favorite health people to follow. Almost everything he says, I love... And agree with and align with, and not in an unhealthy echoing chamber way, but, and I just really respect his health advice. And you were the one who told me, did you listen to Megyn Kelly's interview? And I said, no, because I hadn't listened to her in a while. And so that cues me to go and listen to it, because what did you learn from it? Ultimately. (laughs) Your takeaway. Because I have been having less energy mm-hmm. and feeling more, I don't want to, not depressed, but physically depressed, if that makes sense. Yeah, body, like low energy lethargic, state. Lethargic, I guess that's the way you would say it. So that being said, he was saying how important, you know, reducing sugars are and things mm-hmm. like that. And I have a lot of coffee, people, anyone who knows me, I'm having a cup of coffee now. <laughs> and I was having creamer in every coffee so that's a lot equivalent of basically having spoonfuls of sugar (laughs) and it may make the medicine go down but it makes you not feel full of energy Mm -hmm. so that being said i took his advice and i was like i'm going to reduce my sugar intake with creamer and i haven't been you know, 100% no creamer ever, it's been more like the 80-20 rule. Yep. Like 80% of the mm-hmm. time, I don't put any creamer in my coffee. I'll have it either black or just with yeah. half and half, but no sweetener. Yeah. Or And then the other 20, I'll get something sweet. But mm-hmm. it's been helpful for me, and I think it's been helping to maybe regulate my blood sugar, which is why I've been having them crashes <laughs> and getting so tired. <laughs> um, that being said, I it's amazing to me how much energy level is based off interest so this is kind of interesting field that i'm pursuing because it has nothing if i'm mentally stimulated i have Mm -hmm. tons of energy Mm -hmm. because it brews excitement but Mm -hmm. when i'm mentally just stagnant nothing feels exciting i am tired and lethargic and And i would agree that with what you were saying with the energy, because I start to feel really down and depressed if I'm not learning something new. And it's much more exciting to learn something new along with people. So individual study nights aside, I would say what brings us back together and helps create energy in our relationship and marriage is realizing 
that we need that's intellectual stimulation. And so a podcast and listening and audio is a great way that we can do that with limited time now. I know some couples will send video, like social media videos to each other. Mm-hmm. You're just not on social media, so that's not a thing for us. And I'm kind of glad that that's not our thing because that goes down a whole other rabbit hole of being on your phone too much. Whereas podcasts, is, you can start it and stop it and listen to it individually and come together separately and not feel like you're getting too much screen time. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I want to say. Back off of that. The last one for our marriage specifically, not necessarily family, would be how we choose to get away and when we get away and time for just us. Because mm-hmm. how? It, because I see a lot of couples get lost in their kids. Like their kids are number one. I mean, I guess what does the priorities of between God, family, kids, spouse? Do you want to share what that means to you? As you yes, and I think it is understandable why people get it out of whack. I mm-hmm. guess that as a prelude, ultimately, mm-hmm. the relationship needs to be God, and with that relationship with God is ultimately yourself. So it's kind of taking care of yourself with with God. You know that relationship with God, and then your spouse, and then your children, and I think. Our culture and society has, completely has it backwards because your kids are—they have a special place in your heart, mm-hmm. and your spouse you can beat up on. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. Where your kids, you feel like you're going to hurt them. You know, you're always looking for how is this going to affect them in the future. And yeah. your spouse, you're more like, you can take it. So this is the worst of me, or mm-hmm. or the best of me in both mm-hmm. ways, and. I do feel like that's backwards, and the key to having a healthy marriage for us is really fighting against that tendency, because I feel like we do have the tendency, but continuing to fight against it, because that flesh is going to make me, I don't want to say it's even flesh, it it is a love, like a pure love for your kids, but ultimately how I can love my kids is by loving my wife better. Mm-hmm. And showing, leading them, showing them how to be a good husband, a good father. Them things are ultimately our goal with kids is to raise them up to become good adults. Mm-hmm. And doing that is not catering to them. It's, it's not all the yeah. things that pulls at your heart. Because the kids pull at my heart like that, just like any <laughs> other parent. And I, well, I like mean, today, Cora, when she got out of the tub, I was holding her. I just knew it was a moment I needed to have a moment with her and I was singing to her and I go okay you know now I gotta get ready do you want me to hold you a little more or do you want me to hold you all day long and she looks at me all day long mommy (laughs) (laughs) and I go okay how about you I gotta we have to go to this event and then afterwards I hold you all day long okay and even just now, it was, yeah, I want to sit on the couch and hold her, but then we wouldn't be doing this together, which mm-hmm. this is a part of pursuing similar interests together and supporting each other. It is just, it is, they have a very emotional response on you. Like if I was to talk like that to you and say, hold me up forever, <laughs> there would be quite a different emotional <laughs> reaction going on, probably. No, the same. <laughs> And I've heard this saying, if you love your kids, love your spouse. And I really do think people completely underestimate the importance of, like, what your kids need versus what they want. They want time with you. They want your attention. But they need to see you guys okay. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody needs to, as a parent, kind of dig back in that file of, when were you the most peace and at calm when parents were good? When parents are fighting, that really destabilizes kids. Yeah. And Cora, way more observant than our son in terms of relationships, she will watch us. Yeah. And if we give each other a hug and a kiss, she just looks at us and smiles. <laughs> yeah. That is very important. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it's important for Benny too, but Cora displays it much mm-hmm. more about how how much that means to her when we're not fighting yeah. or 
you know, to, to let her know that we're in a, this is a stable place. Like, yeah. This is a safe place. And we explain, you know, date nights of sometimes, you know, they cry when you leave on date night, but she loves that we go on date night mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So that, that is cute seeing that from her. Benny doesn't seem to <laughs> notice. It's like when they, he said, I hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> and Cora goes, is it because it has to do with love? <laughs> he goes, no, I don't know. I just hate it. <laughs> So different, but it's very important for the kids. So what does our date like date night life look like? I would say some I would say maybe two times a week we're usually or two times a week. Two times a month we're usually able to get away on the traditional date night. Right? Yep. Just be we would love it to be every week. It just doesn't happen and that's okay. Busy schedules from, from both of us really. I have some flexibility, some indeterminacy with when I get done with work, mm-hmm. and then you have things that some weeks you're just really busy, and other weeks you're yeah. not. So there's there's just some things that make it more difficult. I would say this is an area I would like you to get better. I mean, at one point in your calendar, you had planned date night. Which doesn't mean we have to go out on a date, but looking at the calendar and checking in for when we can be intentional with that time. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would like you to be a little more intentional with that. But with all that being said is when we don't have time and we know we're going up north, we will really designate the up north drive time we just know that's really great intentional connecting time for us. And a lot of times it's better than date night because we're not worried about ordering or where to go. We're just in a car. Or babysitters. Yeah. You know, sometimes if the kids are with a younger babysitter, that's more stressful because they're freaking out if the kids are being crying. And <laughs> not that so, Lydia ever would do that, but yeah, exactly. So sometimes the best connecting time is just in a car with the kids in the car, really. And I know people who sometimes load up the kids to for a car drive so they can connect with the spouses we just usually always have somewhere to go mm-hmm. so i think car time is really important for that and then what about getaways kind of annually in that sort of thing yeah so first is like camping just general stuff you do with the family and mm-hmm. I, you and i are big on on camping because of the memories it creates. It's all mm-hmm. about being uncomfortable. It's all it's all about <laughs> having not a good night's sleep and eating food that may be semi-burnt because it was mm-hmm. cooked inappropriately on a fire or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the experience. And you put yourself in them situations because that's ultimately what makes memories. And however, once a year, we do designate a trip for us around our anniversary. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's earlier in the year if we're trying to get somewhere and go hiking yeah. without snow. Yep. Or it depends on when baby's coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's often. been the case for like yeah. six years now. And it really depends. We have bigger trips that we can't wait to do, mm-hmm. but we are very re- realistic with each child and the burden it is. Because Lydia is a really not... an easy baby when it comes to sleep yes and so it's limited but we look at it as an opportunity to stay somewhere more local that we've always wanted to go and use this season of our life to do that and then we just know that when the time comes we will be able to travel a little further a little farther but we're choosing to have more kids so yeah it limits that but we're just intentional about it so this past time you planned you got the Airbnb. It was right in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It was what two nights, two and nights. it was it great. Was, it wasn't far away. And we, well, <laughs> we recorded a podcast there and a Hallmark movie. Yeah, that I is still have to edit. Still that. not edited. I knew it would be a bit. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> so yeah, we we planned that, and again, that goes back to similar interests. What would both of us like? I think we're we are both fine of compromising on a trip. It is okay that, okay, this trip is a little more Michael. Like when our sort of honeymoon trip, we went to a creation. 
museum talk. <laughs> that would not have been my first choice. But, but we spent a lot of time hiking in the which mountains. Which is my first choice. And that was something we both really enjoy. And it exposed me to your world, and it got me interested in some things that I never would have thought I was interested in. I mean, there's some overlap between the health world and some of the concepts that are talked about. Yeah. It's like... The biomimetics and the biology stuff Mm -hmm. with how... Epigenetics. There's some overlap with a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, we... Which is good. We both have an interest there that does overlap, so it makes Mm -hmm. it makes it easier. You slept a lot, but you were pregnant with yeah. our sons. So. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I think all that to say is I think it's okay to kind of take turns leading a trip and saying, yeah, this is a little more me, and next time we'll do something a little more you. Arizona okay. was you. Arizona was me, and you loved it. Hiking in your sweater. Yes, I did love that. It was fun. Yeah. So, well, but within Arizona was that one forest, the petrified forest, that I never would have went to. It was all kind of about fossils and... and it, but it was, how do you want to say, way underwhelming. <laughs> well, yes. It was still fun to go, but it was very underwhelming in terms of what was expected to see versus... Because Michael studies more rock and creation stuff. So again, I think even though Arizona was, I want to go to Arizona and check it out, we found stuff within it. Mm-hmm. And it was only one day, so yeah. it wasn't the only world. So I would say I would say quarterly we just tend to be intentional with something a little bigger. You know, it might be a comedy night where it's a more special date. We do that about once a year. Um there might be another night where we where we try to get away for a night. It's not that doesn't have to do with our anniversary. Mm-hmm. And and then there's other times, there's about once a year where we have the kids gone for at least two nights mm-hmm. and we plan something special. Nothing wrong with this staying at your house without kids. Like, that actually seems like a vacation too. But we do like to get out and explore. Mm-hmm. So, And that wouldn't be good for me to stay at home because <laughs> what it would make me want to just work on something. Yeah. It would... For me, it's good for me to actually get away yep. because there's nothing else I can focus on besides just enjoying where we're at. Versus if I'm somewhere where I have tasks that I could do, I'll start focusing on them tasks and want to get them done. Mm-hmm. And then it makes it less of a, a special getaway where we're just connecting or being... Exactly. Being so every couple needs to know what yeah. would help connect them and whatnot and f- or bring them apart. And for us, getting away does help. Anything else to that? No. I mean, we're already 50 minutes in, so... So, okay, I guess I have a question. Is if we didn't have any restrictions, we could go to wait for like a week a next week. year. Just say five to seven days. Where do you think I would want to go? If it's only a week, it would be somewhere in the U.S. is my yeah my view. And it's probably where we've talked about going, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yeah. I think Jackson Hole, Wyoming or Northern California. Okay. That's what I would say. Sequoia? Like yeah. Sequoia National. Or, and we're always like driving on the West Coast. You know, someplace like that, I would say, if we had a week could do something like that is that where you would because we've talked about it yeah i mean it's something that i've considered the only thing i would do is they would be jackson hole wyoming or sequoia probably yeah but i think both of us would like to take the kids to sequoia Mm -hmm. so we just have to wait a couple years for them to get old enough the other thing i would like to do with you is go on a ski trip together don't want me to beat you with my lightning speed. Oh, gosh. Here are skis that you bought and never used. Yeah, I got, I got three hills on them. Oh, things. my Atlantis. I so, need to wax them, though. They're getting pretty rough. It's definitely fun to dream and think about things we would like to do together. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, everybody, that those are the three slash four, maybe five things we do to help us have... The best marriage ever. This is your episode of Rising Live. Gosh. I think 
in that, my closing statement would All be: right. try to be a f- friends with your spouse. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key mm-hmm. to having a, a fun, thriving marriage. Is work on becoming a friend with your wife. Yeah, in, in, that's just my view. But yeah, anyways, and what does it, what it takes to be a friend? Mm-hmm. And the things you do for friends, and the sacrifices you make for a friend. You know, I I know that means a lot to you because sometimes when I express something that's very legitimate <laughs> and not just reaction feeling based but in a way that you really recognize you've hurt me mm-hmm. you you will tear up and you will talk about and say how sad that makes you because i am your best friend oh you're tearing up now honey you know me it doesn't take much <laughs> no i know and because you just wouldn't want to hurt your friend like that mm-hmm. And so I think that it is we don't just love each other, we like each other. And that does make a big difference. Yeah, and I think I think that takes work. Mm-hmm. Takes forgiveness more than anything. I think so. Because bitterness can really creep in. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's really understanding your triggers and then really fighting against disconnecting. Mm-hmm. I, you know, even today I wanted to really disconnect because I was mad and upset with you and we're not going to go into it because Lydia just woke up from her nap, but fighting against the temptation to not shut down and then ruin the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a whole other topic, yeah. but yeah. All right. Why All don't right. you say rise and climb? <laughs> Thanks for listening oh, to you. Yeah, there you go. Rise and climb. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give Rise and Climb a five-star review or share it with someone you think who would equally enjoy it. If you also feel so led, you can support this podcast with either a one-time donation or monthly subscription to help pay for sound and editing equipment that helps produce more kingdom-driven and relevant-to-the-times content. God bless.